today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, we talked about the uh, effect of, of COVID and, of course, the pandemic on uh, health care. We know about you know, the shortage of beds, pediatric beds especially. Guys, surgeries have been canceled. But there's an a, a ongoing concern here. Uh, I read a piece that was in the Toronto Star the other day that uh, says the COVID learning gap has even hit Canadian medical schools. And it's a, a very, very interesting problem that, that has arisen as a result of this that could have long-term effects. Uh, the author of the piece is uh, Adam Pyle, who is an emergency physician and, uh, at, uh, and lecturer as well, by the way, at the University of Toronto. Uh, he joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. And I'm glad to be here. Well, and maybe explain to our listeners exactly what the concern here is. It's, it's interesting because just last week we were talking about the, the, the lack of, of spots for residents in, in some of these. And, of course, foreign-trained doctors want to come in here, and we said we need more doctors. Uh, but as you point out in the piece in the Star the other day, uh, there are people being trained here, going through medical school right now, and they're not really getting that, that very hands-on training that they need in that last part of their, of their, their education. Yeah, so I think what's important to remember is that medical students spend the last two years of their four-year medical degree in hospitals, learning at the bedside on various rotations through a number of different services, trying to choose their future careers and gain exposure to a number of healthcare areas. And during the global pandemic, like a lot of other industries, uh, the hospital industry shut down, restricted services, adapted, changed the way it was doing business. And unfortunately, that uh, that took away some of that experience from these medical students who are who are now graduating uh, and starting their residencies and their specialty training, and are not feeling ready. And, and in fact, the educators that uh, that were involved in in teaching them are, are are seeing these same concerns to enter fully independent practice or to enter their residencies, and they have to they they're having to take steps to remediate that in real time. Well, such as, and this is, as we mentioned, a serious problem. If you've got a, a med student, I guess, who is, you know, inclined towards surgical uh, medicine in some way, uh, they've, they've got to be in the OR at some point, don't they, to learn, to watch, and, and to, to, to practice their skills. And if they're not doing any surgeries at the hospitals, what are the chances of getting that kind of an education? That's exactly right. So I think that there are a couple of key concerns here. So one is that the number of experiences were curtailed for these students and for residents. And another is that this problem is still ongoing. So medical students are increasingly less exposed to more diverse areas of medicine as a result of COVID-related restrictions and secondments to other areas where, you know, they were redeployed to take care of COVID uh, patients specifically. But also that the downstream effects here are going to reverberate for many years. You know, these academic hospitals are doctor factories, right? And when they uh, restrict their services or change the way they do business, uh, the folks who are who are getting newly minted inside these factories uh, are the ones who who unfortunately suffer and and are taking it upon themselves to to remediate that and to seek extra opportunities. Uh, but of course, you know, full replacement of what they missed is simply not possible in in real time. Is there a concern about what we call the circle of life, I guess, in this particular profession, in the medical profession? Uh, you know, doctors practice for a number of years. Uh, they get, you know, to retirement age, and many of them will say, okay, that's that's enough. But you're always expecting that, you know, that at that bottom, people are coming up. I know there's no shortage of, of people that want to get into this profession right now, both here in Canada and foreign trained. But are you concerned that enough of them are going to be trained uh, sufficiently to be able to fill those gaps? 
Yeah, so certainly there is a process by which these folks graduate independently and, you know, they write licensing exams. There are minimum standards that have to be set. And all of that is is still occurring. Uh, I think what's important for the public to know and, and what the medical students and educators themselves would want you to know is this is just yet another industry that has been impacted by COVID-related restrictions. And moving forwards, I think it's incumbent upon all of us to recognize how if this situation continues, if we have ongoing surgical cancellations and ongoing redeployment, we have to think very carefully about what that means uh, for the students from an educational perspective, because you're not wrong. Many physicians in this country, uh, in Ontario especially, are set to retire uh, over the next, you know, uh, a decade or so, and uh, and we need to fill those spots at the bottom. And while those folks aren't going to be necessarily delayed entering into practice, and they will be able to practice independently, there is some concern about the breadth of their training and the number of uh, areas that they're going to be feeling comfortable working in. And to that point, doctor, uh, what's the barometer as to when they're going to be ready? I mean, just by comparison, for instance, if you want to, you know, get a, tr- a trade, you know, electrician or plumber or something, you have to do so many hours as an apprentice and to qualify. Uh, do, you, do you quantify it by hours, or is it is it the level of expertise that you, uh, the student develops? Yeah. So interestingly, one of the pluses uh, potentially or silver linings to all of this is that the students who are graduating after having been educated under COVID-related restrictions are probably probably more adept from a technological perspective. They're more used to virtual care. They're probably going to more easily pivot into that sort of a, a milieu moving forwards. Uh, for the way care is delivered in Canada. Uh, but also, uh, I think what we're seeing here is a rise in uh, in other training methodologies, so virtual and online platforms. And that is certainly plugging some of the holes. Uh, I don't think this is going to lead to uh, you know a considerable downstream delay in the number who enter practice. Uh, but I do think it's something worth considering that this group has had you know both advantages and disadvantages uh, to the way they they've been forced to adapt. Well, and that's just like every other profession that's been impacted by COVID, isn't it, doctor? That, uh, you know, we, we're probably heading down this road anyway, but uh, we were going uh, at our a comfortable pace and, and COVID just kind of sped everything up and said, no, you got to start doing that now, whether it's remote working or, or as you say, training for a, a skill set such as, as being, a, well, a physician of some description anyway. Uh, but are we comfortable as, as, as we come out of this uh, that we're going to continue along here or is there a, a, a feeling that, no, let's go back to the way things were? Yeah, so I think there's a move in medical education in general that's been really thrust into the forefront that time-based metrics for how we qualify physicians are probably not as good as competency-based metrics, right? So what we really want is physicians who are able to demonstrate the skills of a lifelong learner, somebody who's able to see and treat patients at the bedside, do the critical thinking roles, and perform procedures, and not necessarily somebody who's completed hundreds of hours of training, regardless of the outcome of those hours. So I think you know one of the one of the other potential advantages here to the way that we've uh, pivoted in the medical education industry is that we're now viewing those those seminal experiences at the bedside and that demonstration of a skill set as the most important part of being able to independently practice as a physician. And I think that uh, it's not going to necessarily delay entry of these folks into uh, into care. And of course, we have a huge backload of surgeries and other procedures that we need to make up for now. 
But I do think that it's going to change the way in which um, the uh, medical students and residents are willing to engage in that, right? Are they ready to do hundreds of hours now of, of backlog procedures independently? Are they going to just need a little more supervision and mentorship? And I think we in the in the industry are very happy to support them in that. But it's something that uh, that bears thinking about when we're planning for how we're going to proceed in the future with that backlog and how we're going to proceed with educating the next generation. Yeah, without the, at the risk of not trying to, you know, delve too deeply into generalities here, but that probably advantageous that this is the generation that's facing that uh, that challenge because they're, they're probably more tech savvy than any previous generation and might be able to adopt to it. Yeah, and we do have some evidence that that's the case. And in fact, some of the folks on this article highlighted that to me, uh, that this is very uh, much a technically uh, savvy group of incoming students and residents, and they have taken that particular uh, pivot quite well. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating article, and, and it shines the light on a, a concern that obviously people in the industry have been uh, talking about for quite some time, but I think it puts into perspective as that some of the challenges going into hospitals right now, and, uh, and of course, the future when we come to things like surgeries and so many more. It's uh, still up on the uh, website, by the way, for people who want to read the article, uh, and it's uh, called The COVID Learning Gap Even Hit Canada Medical Schools. Doctor, a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Dr. Adam Pyle from uh, University of Toronto and an uh, ER physician. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.